Cannabis in the Commonwealth of Virginia, should it be legalized or should it be as is? And what about equity? Is everyone getting an opportunity to participate in this new industry should it become part of our Commonwealth's economy? It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Join us as we talk about cannabis and the state of it in the Commonwealth on our 2024 General Assembly Series. Once again, welcome to Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. As always, we'd like to thank you for joining us on this Sunday as you take out time in your busy day to hear the state of the water here in Hampton Roads. As always, I'd like to thank our supporters, and not just our supporters, but our Spartan Nation. Just this weekend, we celebrated Alumni Weekend, and we had all the alumni here on campus celebrating and reuniting friends and family, and also some of your students that are here. You know, that is one of the greatest compliments you can give our institution, and that's allowing us to be entrusted with your greatest asset, and that's your children and what we call our future leaders, because here at Norfolk State University, we see the future in you. Also, I'd like to thank, as we broadcast from WNSB Hot 91, the Solar VA, all of the listeners to this phenomenal station. Well, look, I'm going to get right into it. Last, as you know, uh, this is our General Assembly series. And every week we talk about what's going on in the General Assembly. The happenings, we're talking with policymakers, we're talking with community advocates, and we're talking with individuals who are making a difference in our community. Now, this marks the what we call crossover week and uh, Budget Sunday. So today is Budget Sunday, and I'm headed to Richmond right after this show, and we're going to sit there and see what's being released and exactly where the bills are in the process. So just very quickly, when we talk about crossover, the bills that were created and passed both in committee and on the floor of the House and also in the Senate now cross over to the opposite houses. And those bills are now discussed. And at the end of that, at the end of the session in March, a compromise is, is, uh, is pretty much agreed upon. And that particular bill is then taken to the governor for signature. So we're at a point now in the legislature where if it's going to happen, it's got to happen this Sunday. So whatever's going to be in there, that's what's going to be debated. And ultimately, those are the bills that are going to be presented for the governor. So when we talk about bills and we talk about issues, mm-hmm. one of the main issues now in the Commonwealth is cannabis. Now, last week we discussed you know, the issue of the new stadium and the arena in Northern Virginia. And now when we talk about a major industry coming to the Commonwealth, we are looking at cannabis. Now, where is cannabis now as it relates to the Commonwealth of Virginia and the state of it? And how will this impact our communities as a whole? Well, joining us to discuss this very important topic, we have with us Jesse Farson, Executive Director for Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia. Mr. Farson, thank you for joining us here on Stay the Water. Thank you very much, Dr. Clavel. Uh, I'll also thank the Norfolk State University alumni, family, friends, as well as a uh, nation across the nation, as well as across the United the state of Virginia. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, we're, we're, we're excited to have you because this is a major topic, right? It's a topic that everybody's talking about. You know, it's a topic that's kind of taboo as well. But I, I want to, before we delve into it, I want to give a just a synopsis of where we currently are with cannabis in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So according to uh, Marijuana Policy Project, the in 2021, Virginia became the first state in the South and the 17th in the nation to legalize cannabis to adults. Now, according to uh, the uh, Marijuana Policy Project, adults can legally possess and share up to one ounce of cannabis and cultivate up to four cannabis plants at their primary residence. However, this is the linchpin. Sales remain illegal and unregulated. So it's up to the legislature to pass legislation to allow cannabis sales in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So this General Assembly has convened and we know that there are bills to legalize and regulate adult use of cannabis sales uh, that have been introduced in the House. And that's uh, House Bill HB 698 and also Senate Bill or SB 448. Now. Not just the General Assembly, but we got the executive house as well, because, you know, the governor has to sign all laws into existence. With that, Governor Yonkin has been weary of allowing legal cannabis sales in Virginia. So right now, what we're finding is we're at a crossroads. Where are we with cannabis here in the Commonwealth of Virginia? (laughs) Mr. Farson, you know. When we talk about cannabis, and you have a phenomenal organization that deals with another side of it, cannabis equity uh, across the Commonwealth. But b- before mm-hmm. we get into what your what your organization does, uh, I just mentioned the legislation that was passed in 2021 and where we currently are with legislation. What is your take on where we are with cannabis legislation in the General Assembly? Well, first, let's say this. Among the public, there is a great deal of confusion in that people literally think that it is legal. Cannabis is legal in Virginia. Uh, It is, in fact, not in terms of sales, as you indicate. Uh, Right now, uh, it is against the law for anyone to sell cannabis, marijuana, pot. It's all the same, same, same substance, same term, uh, except to sell and purchase in a dispensary. And there are four companies across the state that have dispensaries in local communities where persons with a medical card can go in and actively purchase uh, what they need. That represents the only opportunity for people to actually legally purchase marijuana in Virginia and legally purchase, sell marijuana in Virginia. Uh, That being the case, what's going on right now is the legislators are working through a process to stand up the industry. And when we say industry, uh, we mean the adult use. In Virginia, uh, it's called adult use of marijuana. In other states, it's called recreational. So again, uh, adult use in Virginia is not in place. So the only only way a person can legitimately purchase of marijuana is through one of the medical dispensaries. Uh, <clears throat> the process that's going on in the General Assembly right now, as you indicate, HB, House Bill 698, and SB, Senate Bill 448, uh, those bills are working their way through the process 
And as you indicate, crossover just took place, and those bills will continue to go through that legislative process. And the hopes are to have an opportunity to have one bill that both the Senate and the House agree on, and that one bill about the legalization of marijuana, also called cannabis, will go to the governor's desk. So right now it's still a work in process. Uh, It's still uh, a lot of questions that need to be answered. Uh, There are still a number of issues that need to be resolved uh, before a bill can be put forth, uh, be sent to the governor for a signature. Absolutely. You know, I I think you summed it up perfectly. There's still a lot of work to be done and fleshed out. Um, And I'm glad you really delved into where we are, you know, with the state uh, of cannabis here in the Commonwealth. So, you know, but with that, why do you think there's so much misinformation out there? Part of the misinformation is, quite frankly, there has not been a quote-unquote PR campaign to let the public know what is and what is not legal as far as marijuana. Um, From our end as community advocates, and we have individuals who are part of our organizations throughout the uh, Commonwealth, uh, we have community advocates that are sharing information, putting on forums, letting persons know, but Again, people are oriented to the major media, and if you have the state tell it, uh, they do not have a budget to put on a major media campaign to say what is legal and what is not legal. Uh, For your listening audience, there is an entity called uh, the Cannabis um, Control Authority, the CCA. The Cannabis Control Authority uh, is about like the ABC, Alcohol, Beverage, and Control. Uh, the Cannabis Control Authority is the entity that will promulgate and put in place the policies and procedures uh, about what the legal industry will be. And I mentioned the Cannabis Control Authority because one could just Google Virginia Cannabis Control Authority and a great deal of the information that we're speaking about right now about what is legal and what is not legal is available uh, on their website. So again, Cannabis Control Authority, your listeners can Google that and get a great deal more information directly from the entity that is in charge of this. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, when you mentioned Cannabis Cannabis Control Authority, uh, HB 2312, uh, which of course legalized simple possession for marijuana here in retail sale penalties, it also created the what they call the Virginia Cannabis Control Authority or the authority that will establish a regulatory structure for the cultivation, manufacture, wholesale, and retail sale of marijuana and retail marijuana products to be administered in this by this uh, uh, authority here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But even, even with all of that, we still find where um, individuals or like you said, being misinformed because they don't know. But I remember when the legislature under Governor Northam, they were selling the idea of uh, legalizing marijuana. They also attached decriminalization to it. Do you think that was a, a good strategy, or do you think that people, the community, really knows the impact of that provision? Well, in terms of decrim, certainly it had to be decriminalized, and decriminalized can be simply put this way. Uh, the state allows a person, as you indicate, to possess uh, up to t- one ounce if you're 21 and above. 
again, up to one ounce of marijuana, cannabis, if you're 21 and above. Now, prior to that law decrimmed and being put in place, even the smell of marijuana in your vehicle, you were subject to be arrested. So a, a big part of the change is that by itself. And if you possess over an ounce, up to a pound, it's just about like a parking ticket. You basically pay a fine, no fuss, no muss. Heretofore, again, even the smell of marijuana in one's vehicle or a trace of it, one would be subject to criminal penalties, prosecution, and all of that. So when it comes down to decriminalization, yes, that had to be the first step in the journey towards making marijuana completely legal in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So that first step is in place. Now it's just a matter of setting up a regulated market for adult use of marijuana. Now, I'll say this. Clearly know that when it came down to introducing the lottery, that was all about tax dollars, money to the state. Casinos, that was all about taxes, money to the state. Skills games, about taxes, money to the state, as well as uh, when it comes down to casinos, I'm sorry, casinos again, taxes, money to the state. Marijuana and cannabis is the exact same thing. It's about taxes and money to the state. Uh, now, we all clearly know and understand that uh, forever persons have used marijuana, cannabis, fairly freely and openly. But the issue has been, it has not been legal, number one, and for what the marijuana industry has been in Virginia and everywhere else, there were no taxes levied on that industry. So part of this legislation is to put a legal entity, a legal industry in place so that the state can collect taxes and help with budget, the budget and everything else. So for sure enough, there, this is a huge business opportunity for persons who want to be involved in the cannabis business. At the same time, it is a huge opportunity for the Commonwealth of Virginia to tax a previously untaxed product, product to produce the taxes that the state needs to, to run the state. Well, look, isn't it always the case, right? It all centers around money, not just just the dollars, but who controls it? who gets it, and who gets to take an equitable part in it. You're listening to State of the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric LaVille. You're joining us for our 2024 General Assembly Series as we talk about the state of cannabis in the Commonwealth. Joining us for this very important discussion is Executive Director Jesse Frierson of the Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia. Mr. Frierson, tell us a little bit now about your organization, Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia, and why is it needed? As a organization, our golden objective and what we have been doing is actively advocating on behalf of persons who are in impacted communities across the Commonwealth. And when I mention advocate, that's exactly what we've been doing and continue to do and will continue to do because the reality of it is this cannabis space in Virginia is completely brand new, completely brand new. Uh, heretofore, there have not been many persons from impacted communities who step forward to be involved in this in this discussion about cannabis. Therefore, CECBA, the Cannabis, Coal- cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia, was formed several years ago 
to fill that space to help rally people to educate persons as to what the laws are, uh, what the laws uh, are as they change, and what the laws could be in the future when it comes down to the cannabis industry. And, and certainly, uh, we all know and we all are aware of that uh, this space is a multi-billion-dollar industry, not only across the country, but specifically here in Virginia. And as you indicate, Virginia is the first southern state to be at this point in terms of legalizing uh, marijuana. Our objective as the Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia is to represent the people, to have the conversations, the discussion, and dialogue that actually represent uh, African Americans as well as others who are from and in impacted communities in ways to ensure that for whatever laws that are passed, uh, there is true equity in this industry, equity in the form of persons having the opportunity for those who want to get involved and be involved in the business, as well as for a portion of the tax revenues that the state will uh, make on marijuana sales to make sure that a portion of those tax revenues come back to the most impacted communities around the Commonwealth of Virginia. So, again, CECVA is doing a huge amount of work uh, with a number of people from across the state, and uh, we relish the opportunity to represent uh, persons from impacted communities as we talk to and have discussion and dialogue with the top legislators uh, in the Virginia General Assembly. The Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia is a grassroots advocacy group working for a brighter future whose primary objective is an equity-based adult-use cannabis industry that very early on incorporates social justice, equity, and other needed components that are vitally important to many impacted persons, the local communities, black and other entrepreneurs in ways to serve as benefits to the overall Virginia economy. Now, you know, when you talk about equity, since no other state have fully included African-Americans and people of color and other impacted communities in the cannabis industry, Mr. Frierson, what do you believe would be different here in Virginia? The difference here in Virginia, we feel, is that, number one, we have the results in other states as a backdrop. And as you indicate, in the many other states that have legalized recreational or adult use marijuana, uh, generally certain communities, specifically African-American communities, have been left out of the equation. Left out of the equation in terms of the opportunities to become business owners, left out of the equation in terms of being able to have access to some of the billions in tax dollars that are being collected uh, on the sale. Here in Virginia, with that as a backdrop, uh, our organization, the Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia, have joined with a number of others as well, the Richmond Crusade for Voters being another one, Marijuana Justice is another one, and several others to be that voice of advocacy, specifically where we are right now under Governor Northern, the legislation that was passed under Governor Northern, 30% of tax dollars from the sale of marijuana, cannabis, is slated to go into a an equity fund. An equity fund, uh, that fund has a standing committee right now of about 21 persons, and those persons, once the dollars start flowing in, once the adult use market is in place, once those dollars start flowing in, uh, that committee will in turn decide how to 
reinvest those dollars in African-American and other communities where persons have been most heavily impacted by what we call and what is known as the previous war on drugs. We all know that many families, individuals, communities, and institutions in certain communities have been drastically impacted by uh, the marijuana laws in place. I'm sorry, the previous marijuana laws. Uh, so part of, quote unquote, the reinvestment is 30% of the tax dollars are slated to go back to uh, those communities that have been impacted. Now, part of what CECVA is pushing for, uh, we're pushing for 70 to 75% of those tax dollars to come back to the community. Our perspective is those dollars, in essence, are manna from heaven, uh, new money that literally belongs to no one at this point, doesn't belong to the corporation or at this point the taxpayer. Uh, therefore, now is the opportunity for those dollars to be used in a very, very efficient and effective way to help build up the communities and the communities of color that have been most impacted by the war on drugs and prosecution as a result of marijuana. So that's one major component of what our effort is the, to work to make sure the existing 30% allocation of the tax dollars is pushed up to 70 to 75% so that there are more resources coming back to the community. Uh, another really big push that we are having in place and are making some success with, we are in conversation with uh, the folk right now who run the medical marijuana companies in Virginia. Mm. And in those conversations, uh, our discussion is that there needs to be equity on that side as well. Mm. In other words, at this point, you know, many in our communities aren't able to and aren't familiar with how to grow marijuana of high quality that would pass state standards. So that your listeners know, when it comes down to growing marijuana of this quality, it is typically done indoors. As an example, there's a facility uh, in, in, Virginia, in Richmond where they uh, actively grow cannabis, cultivate it, process it, and retail it. And that facility is a $30 million facility. Wow. $30 million. It's state-of-the-art. To go through it, it's a marvel. A similar facility in Portsmouth as well and in Manassas and uh, Bristol, Virginia, out, near, uh, out in the western part of the state. Mm -hmm. So these are indoor grows, and our push is, hold on, there is a certain segment of the population that has been drastically impacted by the war on drugs. We want to be involved in the business. We want persons to have the opportunity to be involved. But in terms of that technical expertise, that's not just something that you buy or you get off the shelf. So some of the major medical companies have agreed to do it and put in place what's called an incubation program so that certain individuals who have an interest in being involved in the business and there's a process for them to get that to that particular point. Uh, certain inv individuals who are interested in being involved in the business can actually work within those facilities, learn all aspects of the business, and the idea that, that is over a six- or eight-month period of time, they would have a pretty good feel for the knowledge, the expertise, mm -hmm. and all the procedures to actually be involved in the business as far as growing, cultivation, mm -hmm. processing, wholesaling and retailing so that after that incubation period is over, 
those persons come out and in turn actively start their own companies in whatever segment of the business that they have an interest in. So that's another push that we have on, and that uh, is going very, very well, to have the major medical companies create an incubation program so that persons have the ability to learn and understand, have that expertise, and come out and open their own shops. Mm-hmm. Granted, smaller shops, but our anticipation of those shops will be very, very profitable. Uh, smaller shops so that we as a community, persons from many communities, mm-hmm. can actually be involved in the business as a part of the business, as a part of the industry, unlike in other parts of the United States. Yeah. I'll, add, I'll add another point to it as well. In that Virginia is the first southern state to be at this point in terms of legalizing marijuana. Our perspective is this, and that all the other states across the country thus far have not gotten this quite right in terms of African-Americans and folk from impacted communities. Our effort now is to get it right in Virginia and then in turn use the Virginia model for North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, right around, around the Black Belt, so that persons in those states as well have the same opportunities that we hope to have available here in Virginia based on the work that we're doing right now. So we're looking at a huge opportunity to help transform persons and communities throughout the South simply by being actively involved in an industry that heretofore has been illegal and persons have been prosecuted and now is in the process of being legal and in turn over the years will become very, very profitable. So it's cutting edge type work that we're doing. Uh, Granted, it's a great deal of work and we're we're greatly proud of it. And the reality of it is uh, as our work goes on, we hope to change things for families and communities and institutions for generations and generations and generations to come. And that's the Virginia Cannabis Industries Entrepreneurial Development Program, also called the Incubation Program. Mr. Farson, you have quite a few uh, partnerships with this program. Uh, Can you talk, just mention several that you have and and let us know, how were you able to bring all these people together? Well, I'll say that it was fairly easy. At the same time, it's (laughs) <laughs> As you know, it's difficult uh, to get people uh, to sit at the same table. I say it's fairly easy. It was fairly easy because everybody across the board, all these groups and organizations, and you might want to call their names out uh, uh, shortly, all these groups and organizations, and all of their members have an interest in some kind of way about what's going on with cannabis. Uh-huh. So as we made the rounds, made people aware of Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia, uh, we just made a pitch. Look, this is what's going on with cannabis in Virginia. Right now, we don't, quote unquote, as a community, have a seat at the table. Right now, many of our organizations and institutions aren't really focused on this on this huge change in our community. Cannabis Equity Coalition is focused on it. If you all would join us so that we as a collective can provide the leadership on this issue that we need. So that was the easy part because everybody was concerned about what was going on in terms of legalization of cannabis in Virginia. So that was the easy part. Right. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the tougher part was getting everybody kind of sort of on one sheet of music. Gotcha. Absolutely. And, and that's always a tough case, but I'll say, that, I'll say this. All of those entities plus some clearly understand how large 
this is, and everybody is, quote unquote, holding their fire, if you know what I mean, holding that in advance and working cooperatively because this is a huge deal, again, that will have an impact for years and years and years and generations and generations and generations to come. So, again, we're proud to have had the foresight to step in this space, mm-hmm. proud to have had the foresight to pull folks together to have the conversation. And thus far, things are going very, very well with all of these groups and organizations. That's Jesse Fireson, Executive Director for Cannabis Equity Coalition of Virginia. You can go to their website and see how to get involved and be informed about what they're doing to bring equity to this new industry to the Commonwealth of Virginia. Mr. Fireson, thank you for joining us here on State of the Water for this very important conversation. And thank you for listening, as you always do on Sunday, where we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. Until next time, God bless, be good, be great, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Carrie Washington, and you're listening to State of the Water with award-winning host, Dr. Eric Claville.